Thank you, Elder. Thank you, the praise team, man. Thank you. What a a great word to start off this new year. He can. The fact that God can. That's what you need to know. God can. Don't ever live your life thinking that he can't. No, God can. And if there is a failure, the failure is never in God. The failure is in you and me. So let's affirm in our minds and in our spirits that he can. And then let's do our part so we can tap into the canness of God. I know that's a new word, but that's good preaching. The canness of God, because God can. All right, let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, thank you for this day. And we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight and bring glory and honor to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in 2013, this song was released. It was the only single released from this movie soundtrack, Despicable Me 2. But it was a song that, like wildfire, spread not just across this country, but across the world. Just one of those great feel-good songs. I mean, easy to sing along, at least the chorus. Everybody knew the chorus, and it had a nice little beat. Wouldn't put a whole lot of strain on you. If you didn't know how to dance, you could just move to it. It was reported to be Congressman John Lewis's favorite song. The writer, Pharrell Williams, and the song, Happy. And man, listen, it's hard to hear that song. I mean, let's be honest. It's hard to hear that song and not feel pretty good. I mean, you just start snapping your fingers. You start moving your feet. You start bobbing your head, right? Because I'm happy. I mean, it's just, you know, like, like a room without a roof, right? I mean, you, you, just, you just start feeling that song. But here's what's interesting. What do you do when the song stops playing? What do you do when the music is turned off. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention said that over half the people who die before they're 65, the basic cause of death is stress. Stress. It may manifest itself in a number of ways, heart attacks, strokes, and the like, but the basic cause of death is stress. It has been said that between 60 and 70 percent of people who go to see their doctor have stress as the underlying cause of their symptoms. But can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? This is not how God wants us to live. Now, without question, for me personally, 2020 was, I think, by far one of the most stressful years, if not the most stressful year in my life. Now, I've had events that were more stressful. But when I talk about ongoing, unrelenting, unending stress, I mean, stress that was around so heavy and so long that it would either break you or build you, that kind of stress No year has ever compared for me to 2020. But here's the question. What am I going to do now going into 2021? You see, 
while there's a lot of excitement and a lot of positive thoughts around the vaccines that are coming onto the market, we're already hearing about delays in distributing the vaccine. Uh, we're hearing some talk about side effects. We're hearing talk about the virus morphing and evolving, changing. Uh, we know that if all things go well, everybody will get the vaccine by the second quarter, but we also know that Murphy's Law is going to come into effect, that whatever can go wrong will go wrong, and we're already seeing that start. So what do we do in the midst of a surge within a surge, in the midst of people who wouldn't wear a mask already deciding they're not going to get a vaccine? In the midst of everything that is going on, how are we going to walk in and ensure that 2021 is different than 2020? Today I want to begin a series of messages, and, and, and the series is titled, Don't Worry, Trust God. Don't Worry, Trust God. And over the next several weeks, I want to share with you messages to help you find the encouragement and strength you need to put aside our tendency and your tendency to worry and to help you focus on the power in trusting in God. Our text today is Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to begin at verse 25 and we'll be referencing several passages throughout this sermon. Uh, our title today is Don't Worry, Trust God, which is going to serve also as the, the series title. And, and I'm looking forward to really just uh, helping you start off this new year in the best possible way. Typically, we hear people talking about New Year's resolutions and, and they have their list of resolutions. But I want to encourage you today to, to make uh, not as many physical resolutions, but make some mental resolutions, make some spiritual resolutions, and, and create some anchor moments that you will build your schedule and life around, and some things that you will use to remind you constantly of the challenge to not worry, but to trust God, okay? Here's the first thing I want you to see. Number one, realize you have the power to choose whether you will worry or trust. Realize you have the power to choose whether you will worry or trust. Verse 25, Matthew chapter 6, the ESV translation says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Uh, go down to verse 27. And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Uh, go down to verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The command to not be worry or to not be anxious occurs 
three times here in these verses. Three times Jesus talks about worry. And the reason I believe Jesus talks about worry is because he knows it is the inclination of human beings to worry. It's natural for us to worry. And Jesus understands that one of the greatest needs you and I have is to be delivered from worrying. Now, let me say something to you because I, I think it's important, and I'll repeat it later on in case you miss it. Worry is natural, but it is not necessary to your existence. In other words, there will come a point, come, come a time when you will worry. The question is, is worrying just something that you are mentally driving by, or is worrying a place that you get out and mentally park? Or maybe even more than park, it's a place where you decide to live. Jesus says, do not be anxious for anything. Do not worry. Don't allow anything uh, to occupy your mind to a place where you become negatively affected by that focus or those thoughts. It's in the imperative mood, which means it's a command. It's in the active voice. And Jesus basically wants you to know that uh, worry is not something that you deal with at one time and that's it, right? You will always have to remind yourself not to worry but Jesus wants you to know that worrying is a choice and you have to choose to worry or not worry. It's not dependent upon what you go through. It's really dependent upon how you choose to react or respond to what you go through. See, worry keeps you from trusting God. Worry keeps you from moving forward to become all that God wants you to be. Worry keeps you many times in, in your past and in your present so that you can't move forward to claim the glorious future that God has for you. And so Jesus says, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't, don't be anxious about anything. That, that's, that's what Jesus is saying. See, when you worry about anything, you fail to trust God for everything. Let me say it again. When you worry about anything, you fail to trust God for everything. And worry basically means you are paying attention to what you cannot change. Because here's what I know. If you could change it, you wouldn't worry about it. Worry is literally you preoccupied mentally for what reveals your inability. And Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't be anxious for anything. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Number two, realize your worrying is a waste of time. 
realize your worrying is a waste of time. Jesus says, not only do you need to know worry is a choice, so you can choose to not be anxious. He says, but realize the futility, the wastefulness of worry. He says, don't be anxious because life, I'm in verse 25, is more than food and the body more than clothing. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? He says, there's no worrying that you can do to add an inch to your height. There's no worry that you can do to provide for yourself. That's not what worry does. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Jesus says worrying is worthless. All your worries cannot add a single moment to your life. And, and he literally lays out four things that he says don't worry about. Uh, don't worry about your finances. Write these down. Don't worry about your finances. Don't worry about your future. Don't worry about your food. And don't worry about your fashion. Let me say it again. He says, don't worry about your finances. Don't worry about your future. Don't worry about your food. And don't worry about your fashion. Instead of worrying about it, he says, do something about it. But don't become preoccupied with those things because God says he is going to provide for you. He is going to provide for you. He will provide for you so that you can make it in this world. Now, here's the problem. Most of us worry because we're not looking at need we're really functioning from the place of greed. We're functioning from the place of excess. So it's not that we don't have, it's that we don't have what we want, right? It's not that we don't have clothes, we just don't have clothes that impress everybody else or impress us. And, and basically what I hear God saying is when you live with that kind of pressure, that's self-imposed pressure. That's, that's not God-ordained pressure. That's, that's, that's pressure that your flesh is putting on yourself to please yourself and to impress others instead of functioning and being what God has called you to be. He says, don't, don't worry about anything because worry is worthless. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to spend your time and energy seeking God instead of worrying about things. You need to spend your time and energy seeking God instead of worrying about things. What are you going to do different in 2021? Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Verse 33 begins with that contrastive conjunction, but letting you know that what follows is in contrast to what preceded it. Jesus has been talking about the futility of worry. 
the worthlessness of worry. And then Jesus says, but. So instead of worrying about all of that stuff that God will provide, God will provide, he says, take that energy and redirect that energy to seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That word for seek literally means to desire, to go after, uh, to put forth and be intentional in trying to accomplish or get. He says, seek first, put effort. And, and this is not a one-time effort. This is ongoing. Um, for some of us, we, we treat our, our spirituality like we, we, we treat our New Year's resolution to work out. We go in strong the first of the year, and the first week we're in there four or five days. Then two weeks later, we're in there three days a week. Then two weeks after that, we're in there one day a week. And two weeks after that, we're in there once every other week until we get to the point that we're saying, you know, well, I started off strong. God says, no, you must be consistent in your seeking of God. Uh, to seek the kingdom means both to submit to God's sovereignty here and now, to work for the future coming of his kingdom, and to serve and obey him in everything. To seek his righteousness means to live in a way that pleases God by making his character your pattern for living and his standards your standards. I submit to you that what is most important to you is what you seek after. And if you say loving God is your priority, if you say you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, then I submit to you that you better do a better job in 2021 consistently seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. See, what's interesting is Jesus says when you get your priorities right, your blessings will be right. He says when you get your priorities right, all of these other things shall be added. All of what things? Finance, food, fashion, all of those other things will be added unto you. That's what he says. That's the context. He says all of those things that you would worry about when you seek the kingdom, all of those things will be added unto you. All of those things will be added unto you. Your finances, your future, your food, your fashion, all of those things will be added unto you. So maybe the question I need to ask you today is what's going to be your priority for 2021? Now, now can I tell you something? Let me, let me be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I want to be transparent with you. Man, last year was, was a tough year. And I don't know if anybody who went into March of 2020 and didn't go through some ups and downs, and many people spent more time down than they spent up. 
I mean, it was a trying time. It was a trying time emotionally. It was a trying time mentally. It was a trying time physically. It was a trying time spiritually. It, man, it, man, it's just been a trying time. But the question now is, what do we need to do to get back on track? And I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, to get on track and to stay on track, we need to make sure that we do what? Spend our time and our energy seeking God instead of worrying. Whatever you've gone through, it has been a lesson that I hope you have learned. And I hope you're ready now for God to take that lesson and take you to the next level. Look at 2 Samuel 22, beginning at verse 2. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge. My Savior, you save me from violence. Psalm 91, verse 2. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The old hymn said, be not dismayed, whatever betide you. COVID-19, pandemic, economic crisis, social unrest, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love, I will abide. God will take care of you. All you need, he will provide if you ask He will not deny you. God will take care of you. And there's somebody who's watching right now. Listen to me carefully. He may not have done it how you have wanted him to do it. He may not have done it how you prayed for him to do it. He may not have done it how you expected him to do it. But you can testify that God has taken care of you. May not have provided the way from the source that you thought he would provide. God may have had to deal with your ego and had to deal with your pride and had to deal with your self-esteem, but God has been faithful. Not how you thought, but he's still been faithful nevertheless. And I need you to rejoice right now and thank God for his provision. Stories told of a missionary who was on the foreign mission field serving faithfully, and she would go every month to the town to get her monthly support that was sent to her, and she would stock up on her supplies that she would need for the month, and then would go back out to her village to serve. Every month, she would do that. She would go in, receive her commission from the mission agency. She would buy her supplies for the month, and she would go back to her village and serve. Well, this month, she started feeling a little sick, 
And she decided when she went into town this particular month that she would go get her, her mission support and she would go to the doctor and then she would get supplies with whatever was left. When she went to get her support, it wasn't there. It wasn't in the mailbox, hadn't come, and she didn't have any resources to buy supplies. She was sick. She didn't have money to pay for the doctor. And so she just went back to her village. When she went back to her village, she began to look in her cupboards to see what she had to eat. She wasn't feeling well. And all she had was oatmeal and nonfat dry milk. And so that's what she ate, what she had left, nonfat dry milk and oatmeal. As the days passed, she began to get stronger and her strength began to come back and she felt better and better. Finally, when she got to the end of the month, it was time for her to go to the mailbox and check and get her mission support. When she walked back to the town and went to the post office, she found in the mailbox not one support checks, but two with a note apologizing, explained to her that there was a mix-up on the end of her supporters and they missed the month and so they wanted to make sure that she had everything that she needed so they covered last month and the present month. She was happy to see it, made her way to the doctor. Uh, she was feeling 100% but she wanted to check with the doctor to see what was wrong with her and what she should do next time she was feeling that way. She goes to the doctor and she talks to the doctor and the doctor asks her what were her symptoms and she began to describe her symptoms and the doctor immediately identified and diagnosed what her illness was. And he said, well, how are you feeling now? And she said, well, I'm feeling great. I, I feel 100%. She said, but let me ask you a question. If I had come to you last month, what would you have prescribed? in order for me to get better. And she said, well, the doctor said to her, well, I would have told you to go home and get plenty of rest and to only eat oatmeal and nonfat dry milk. That's the only way that illness would pass. And I'm telling you that, somebody ought to be shouting right now, I'm telling you that because God can provide. And what you see as an accident or a coincidence is really a God incident. And my hope and my prayer is that you're ready for 2021 to be the best year possible because you're ready to make a commitment to God like never before. Don't worry. Trust God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing, your word. I pray now that everything that's been said and everything that's been done has been pleasing in your sight. Uh, may you be glorified in the midst of it all. I pray, God, that someone has heard and I pray that they would make a commitment now to worry less and to trust more. Help somebody, God, to look back over their lives and to see how futile and how worthless worry has been.
and help them to see how faithful you have been. We love you. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, If you'd like to become part of our church family, if you want to give your life to the Lord, uh, you can do so online. Uh, All you have to do is click on the link. Um, I want to become a Christian, uh, but how? And you can click either on our website or on our church app, and I will lead you through the prayer of salvation. Or uh, if you'd like to unite with our church, you can become part of our church family by by simply saying, I want to join the church. And click on that link, and we'll help you in terms of your discipleship. Man, we've got some exciting things planned for you this year. I've I've got so many exciting things planned. I'll be honest with you. I just haven't had time just to get them all out of my spirit. But I promise you, man, when they come, you are going to be excited, both those of you who are near and far, because we want to help facilitate your discipleship. Remember, you're not watching to make me a big preacher or us a big church. We're here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. All right? Keep me in your prayers. Keep our church in your prayers. As we continue to serve people, we want to continue to be salt and light in this dark and dying world. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. And let's pray and let's keep allowing God to do something great in all of us. All right? God bless you and God be with you.